Hey guys, before this episode starts, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my great friend and the strongest girl I know, Allison Hirsch. She's currently battling stage three cancer. This episode and future ones as well will all be dedicated to her. I will post a link to her GoFundMe in my Instagram bio. Please feel free to donate to support her and her family during this time. We love you, Allison. Things Sports Podcast Season 2, Episode 7. I'm here today with my pod members, and we got them on for the third time. The Big 12 Player of the Week, Johnny Hodges, is back. What up, boy? What's going on, fellas? Glad to be back. Glad to I be mean, back. It's a good thing coming back on here. We may have to make you an honorary member, bro, at this point. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. At this yeah. point, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, it's looking that way. Who knows? Yep. All right. So we'll just chill tonight. We won't ask you too many hard-nosed questions. But how's everything going? How's the season going? I, I mean, I know everything's crazy right now. I know a lot of good things are happening. But how are the vibes? You know, vibes are high. Definitely vibes are high. Season's going well. The team's playing well. Our record's really good. We're getting a lot of national media um so it's nice but you know we're just still trying to do the same things we've been doing all year which is just work hard tuesday wednesdays get in the film room get treatment uh get a lift in uh do good things around during the week to other people like you know we're we're pretty kind of we're kind of big now so kids will ask for pictures gloves send them a pair of gloves stuff like that so um just just doing the right things that's what we're trying to do now for sure I was gonna ask you, are you like a celebrity on campus now? What's good with all that? I mean, I'm I'm not as big as like the quarterback or we have like a receiver that's really good, the running back, everyone knows. So we got a couple of people that are like it's hard for them to go out. I'm not that level, but uh we're we're doing well. We're doing well. But nowhere near as high big time as some of the guys on the team. So Yeah. Yeah, Johnny, how do you guys how do you guys kind of block out that noise? Because you guys, I'm sure, aren't so used to just having all this, you know, the spotlight on you guys at all times. Like it can sometimes be, you know, not the best thing. Like what is the what is like everyone's stance on it? Um, you know, fortunately, like there's a lot of negative criticism. So it's honestly kind of nice because every time someone says like a good thing, like some talk host or there's like 10 people saying how like we're frauds and stuff like that so it keeps like you still have the same chip on your shoulder like we still have to go out and prove stuff every week and then uh we got another big game this weekend so it's good things are short-lived but it's nice still being disrespected by a lot of people so you can really find stuff that humbles you very quick yeah, Johnny, speaking of being disrespected, I mean, you guys were seven-point underdogs going into Texas last week. And not only that, look ahead line to the Baylor game. You guys are, I think, another three-point – only a three-point favorite in that game as an undefeated team. Like, what do you think these Vegas odds, like, have to say? Like, it just makes no sense how you guys are getting disrespected week in and week out. Yeah, it's definitely – it was definitely a little nuts being, like, an underdog going in – I mean, I guess they are playing the environment – um we still haven't really put a full game together i don't know i'm just trying to see where they come from but it just adds to a chip on your shoulder like just you know reminds us we got to play hard and 
uh, we're not as good as we may think we are. Like other people don't think we're as good as we may think we are. Um, just going out with something to prove. So the odds, like, I don't necessarily agree with them, but uh, just as what it is, it just gives you uh, more more fire. So yeah, it's probably just everyone's trying to knock you guys off. You know, they want to be the team to you know end your run. Yeah. Like, yep. It's the home stretch. How do you guys stay focused? You know, so late in the season, like, do you guys prepare any differently than you know earlier in the season? I'm sure you definitely have to do a bit more like recovery and you know off time compared to week one and two. Yeah, yeah. So we uh we've cut back a little bit lifting. Like we we went from lifting three times a week, and now we're only doing it twice. Uh, giving a little more time to sleep in in the mornings because we practice early, so we're sleeping in an extra half hours. So we're just pushing our schedule back, but we're doing everything the same. Like in regards to preparation, uh, film study, game plan, tough Tuesdays, tough Wednesday practices, rest on Thursday. So. Everything's still the same, but just a couple like minor bumps that are different to get us some more rest. Yeah, Johnny, going back, I've seen a lot of stuff on social media the last few days talking about how um, TCU's leading tackler is a lacrosse guy. And do you ever kind of just like catch yourself like looking around playing in these hostile environments, just like thinking like what a fucking decision I made to switch to play football again and come here and play in these types of games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely is very humbling because I will always like remind myself about just not necessarily supposed to be here. Like if you would ask me a couple years ago, like where I think I'd be, I would never have said this. So it's, it adds to my chip. It kind of makes me live in the present because I'm like appreciating what's going on. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Definitely, definitely, like, I'll be in, like, an environment like that. And I'm just like, wow, like, who would ever thought? And then it just kind of opens your eyes, makes you live in the present. It's nice. Question for you, Johnny. Obviously, uh, college game day was there on Saturday. And uh, it looked like the atmosphere was pretty electric. Can you kind of describe how the atmosphere was in Texas and how, uh, how like, that game made you feel, being around the atmosphere? Yeah, the uh, the atmosphere was nuts. So um, there's just a lot of people. Like, I've never seen that many people at one place in my life, like we were rolling to the stadium in the bus and people are like throwing stuff at the bus and there's just people everywhere. So you really had to kind of like get a find a way to calm down. Like some people were doing like breathing exercises. Some people like listen to music, other people do other things. So it was definitely like nuts. There's, it was just a sea of people. And uh, fortunately, like we had a good strength staff. We have good coaches and they were able to calm us down by the time the kick the game started and we were able to like settle into the game really nicely. But uh, the atmosphere was like everything you'd want a uh, big time football atmosphere to be. I, mean, I don't think that 20, I don't think 20 of those Texas fans can even out your brother's uh, energy. So I think your brother can. No, kind of, no. He, he, he accounted can... for at least a couple hundred thousand people. So I was saying, these guys, I don't know what I'm more excited to watching uh, his Snapchat stories on Saturday morning, eating those raw eggs or watching you guys win your football games. I don't know what I'm more excited yeah. about. Uh, we're working on a world record there with him. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it comes soon. Let him suit up. Say, yeah. Let him in. <laughs> He's got I love to. the brother. <laughs> Hero Northwest games also got pretty rowdy. So it's probably some yeah. prior experience. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, is there, is there like, cause obviously you guys have a target on your back now. Does it get like very chippy out there? Is there a lot of trash talk like mid game where, you know, things get personal out there? Um, not so much because 
at least for like me on defense, a lot of the offenses run like a hurry up offense. So like you're so tired, like that's just not in the cards. Like if you're getting in a fight, that's usually like not a good thing because you're either getting beat pretty bad or you're like not leaving it on the field. So, but uh, I mean, after like a play, you'll be walking back to the huddle and there's some chirping, but nothing, I haven't been a part of anything where it's like really, really chippy people doing like getting 15 yard penalties, stuff like that. Everyone's just trying to win. And that's not a winning recipe of football at this level. Yo, Johnny, so I was I was talking to these boys earlier about um, – back to what Jack was saying, uh, that post he was referencing. Um, I saw Paul Ray, your lacrosse guy. How did you think of that? Did uh, you see that? I didn't catch, I didn't catch all that. What the hell just happened? <laughs> he, asked about, he asked about Paul Rabel showing you love on a Instagram post. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was cool. That was cool. You know, like – He's like a legend in the lacrosse world, so it was it was cool to see, and uh, like I've I've known him my whole life. It sure was like most lacrosse players have. So uh, seeing him comment was cool, definitely. So that was sick. That's definitely dope. So I just wanted to talk the future. We got two more games left. You got Baylor this weekend, and then I'm pretty sure you got who do you guys have the week after? I think Iowa State. Iowa State, right? Ooh. Um. Not that easy of a game this weekend. Baylor plays everyone tough. Uh, how are we feeling going into this weekend? You know, it's like a, it's a big rivalry for us. Like we're both kind of very similar schools, like smaller private schools in the like power five level. Um, so it's it's a big game for us. And we know that they're coming off like a tough loss. They were kind of shaky at the beginning of the year. And then they really found their stride for like three or four weeks. And then they kind of got beat pretty bad this week. So they're going to really come out on national TV just trying to, you know, ruin our season that's that's how they're going to be thinking they still have a chance to make the big 12 championship too so a chance to save their season and ruin ours so uh we really just got to come out and play really good football from the get-go get them from the jump like hurt their will that type of stuff if not they'll hang around it'll be a dog fight so uh they got some good running backs they're not as big as uh texas's running backs but they're really quick and fast physical offensive line really physical quarterback believe it or not and uh there's a good team overall, so can't take them light. Yeah, and I was just wondering, because you were talking about national TV, do you notice a difference, like, in adrenaline maybe or anything in specific when you're playing on Fox, when you're playing on national TV in comparison to just not on national TV? No, not really, because um, there's just cameras, and you don't know, like, how many people are watching on the camera. So, like, a stadium, when there's more people, you you notice that. But the camera, it's like – you kind of forget about that when you're when you're on the field. So, or if you hear Joe Hodges yelling at you from the from the sideline, chirping. Yeah, the or Joe Hodges. Yeah, that's so. another reason. Does he go to every game? He only goes to games where we play ranked teams. So he's he's a very superstitious individual. I, he refuses to come to games against unranked opponents because he feels as if he comes, we'll lose. So he's he's superstitious, and you got to hold him to it. Good for him. I think as long as he's there in attendance, I think I like our chances to win every single time. Yeah, he's, like he's, a, he's, a, he's the right expert. Would he join, you think? I don't know if he would right now, but if you told him in the morning, like he would definitely be on by the evening. I'm going to hit him up and see if he'll get on in the next <laughs> five minutes. He's so superstitious. I was going to ask, like, do you personally or does the team have any superstitions you guys do, like pregame or just like, any, I don't know, something stupid? No, like we're not – I'm not very superstitious and the team's not superstitious, but like there'll be times like during the week, people will be like, Oh, I did this every week. So I'm going to keep doing it. And we're like, all right, keep doing it. Like might as well, but nothing, 
nothing that comes to mind about like being super outrageous. So currently contacting Joe, I'll keep you all. <laughs> Any more questions around for Johnny? Yeah, Johnny, I got one. Um, so I saw today on your Instagram that you were big 12 um, transfer of the week and chop was big 10 transfer of the week. What do you think this like says about the program that Kelly's kind of built around QO and kind of just the talent that the DMV area is producing? I mean, it just seems like it's evolving big time at QO. I think they gave up like only one touchdown all season so far. I mean, it's just incredible what they've done for this program. Yeah, it was really cool seeing uh, Chop and me on that like website. Uh, it was nice. So we got a really good game at the same time. So it could really look good for QO, but it's just crazy. It's just like just one high school in the entire nation producing two people on that list is pretty remarkable. Uh, but since it's like a public school from where we're from, I think it just speaks fine. So what coach Kelly's doing there and what the kids can accomplish. So people are just buying into the program and it's really nice. And uh, I mean, obviously it's helped out for a lot of us, like people, older kids that have uh, gone through QO. And I think it's going to keep sending the tone like, yo, like stuff like this can happen. So, Really cool, really cool, and uh, yeah, that was nuts when I saw our names on that list. I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" So, how did you how do you find out about winning these awards? Like, do you get a phone call? Do you hear on social media? The coach, like, where do you get the news? Yeah, usually just my phone will just start blowing up, and then uh, that's how I find out. So far, for like the Big Twelve awards, I'll get like a text from like a staff person on our team, but the other ones, it just kind of. I'll just have a ton of notifications. This is who I think it is coming and in. Look who made it. Look, can you hear me? Look who joined. Holy shit. We can hear you, Joe. <laughs> Y'all just got me uh, getting back to the See you, legend. <laughs> What's up? What up, Joe? What's going on, bro? What up, Ginge? What up, Ginge? <laughs> you had to get what you up, on, bro. bro. What's, good, What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Joe, our plan is. Our plan has worked perfectly. We just brought Johnny on so we could get our in with you on the pod. All right, cool. Well, I, I told him, I was talking about you, Joe. I said, I don't know what I'm more excited for. Uh, every Saturday watching TCU win some football games or seeing your Snapchat story and just how electric it is. Every Saturday morning, I wake up, I want to run through a fucking wall after I see it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny because I started doing like that before the uh... – Colorado game that was just so amped to watch Johnny on the ESPN that night and when I did that I was like okay they won pretty fashionably I'm just gonna start doing this before every game there'll be like a good luck thing for them and I've just been doing it for every yeah. game having the- <laughs> well, it seems to be working I mean yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Joe what do we think about TCU this season and going forward man um dude I don't even know where to begin it's it's been crazy it's been a hell of a ride just watching them play. Um, Johnny probably already talked about it, but their defense coming alive the way they came alive against Texas. I mean, who knows where they can go from here. And the offense is pretty sick, too, with Quinton and uh, Kendra. Yes, sir. All right. Any thoughts on uh, the future? Potentially a playoff bid? What do we think? They just got to play it one week at a time, you know. And uh, if they went out, I really don't see why they can't get in, you know, oh, we're on the yeah. table. <laughs> frogs, frogs money line, baby. Every time. 
<laughs> frogs money line when they're uh, underdogs and frogs spread when they're favorites. Always. Perfect, perfect response, Joe. Perfect response. Perfect. No jinxing here. I love it. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you to both Hodges for joining. Joe, I expect to see you just as rowdy as you've been. Johnny, keep fucking killing him, man. <laughs> All right, boy. Thank you. We are coming off quite a great interview with Johnny Hodges. We appreciate him joining for the third time. So, boys, we got a lot to talk about today. A great game last night in uh, Kentucky and Michigan State. I kind of wanted to just run that down with everybody. What were our thoughts? Because that was a crazy game to start the madness of college basketball. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on both Kentucky and Michigan State, because that game specifically stood out to me. I think my main takeaway is that Oscar Schwebe, Schwebe, I can't pronounce it. Schwebe is uh he's an all-American. He's unbelievable. I mean, it was his first game back and he had I think it was like 27 points and 17 boards. I mean, unfortunately he fouled out and Michigan State took over from there, but I both those teams are going to be unbelievable. I know Michigan State lost by 2 to Gonzaga earlier on the ship, so they I think both these teams are going to be unbelievable this season. Probably finish, you know, top 12, top 10. Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. Michigan State had two set plays, the end of regulation and the end of overtime, that were just beautiful to keep the game going. They just did not go away. Um, they, they started the year unranked and only lost by two to Gonzaga and then beat Kentucky in a barn burner in double OT. Uh, they're definitely going to be a tough out for anyone. I think, honestly, those two games that you were just saying, the Gonzaga game and then the Kentucky game last night, I think it's more of just a kind of like a tribute to Izzo's coaching. I mean, that team really was counted out of both those games. And at the end of the day, a Tom Izzo team is going to compete with anyone. And I think it just shows, like, Michigan State, yeah, they're outside the top 25, but they're going to put up a fight with anyone when you have a coach like that. My big takeaway from the Kansas game was that freshman, Grady Dick, uh, guard, number four, He that white kid, he is unbelievable. Um, I think him and that guy Garrett Wilson they had last year, um, are gonna take, I mean, Kansas is so good. Without Bill Self to win that game against Duke was a very impressive win, I think. Um, Bill Self wasn't coaching yesterday, Brian. What are you talking about? You're looking at me like I'm stupid. Bill Self wasn't coaching yesterday. Um, but Garrett Wilson, the leader of that team, with uh, the young guys that have around him, um, I think that Kansas is always going to be one of those teams that's always to be talked about. Agreed all around. Um, talking about this earlier with some of you, I think Michigan State has a good chance to make a legitimate run. Um, obviously, Izzo in March, but they have a lot of experience. Um, Tyson Walker is just, in my opinion, one of the best players to have in college basketball. He's very a low-key guy, but he gets it, always gets it done. And as long as they have Izzo, they're going to be dangerous. So, love watching that game. Um, some other good games that night. And obviously, with most of us, all of us being from Maryland, me and Bela being the Maryland fans, it's good to see Maryland pick up a big win. Um, who do we like going forward? Obviously, we talk about this a lot. But after watching a couple games, who do we like? Who do we think is going to really shock the world? I don't think you're going to see a shock in this team, but this Houston Cougars team this year, I'm expecting huge things. I mean, you get a guy like Marcus Sasserbeck, who was out the entire season last year. He's my pick for player of the year this year. I think um, 
that team is just extremely well coached. They play defensively. All they can defend anyone, and I think they have an even better chance to make it to the Final Four this year than they did last year once they get Sasser back. Yeah, I mean, I I think all these older teams are usually the teams that you know come out on top, the ones with experience. And I think obviously you have to look at UNC with what Baylor said, Houston too. I like honestly any of these top four teams right now. So North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, and Kentucky. I honestly, I think North Carolina can run it back, make it to the finals in March. But I do think it could be, you know, anyone's game as March Madness is. Yeah, like you said, Brandon, like returning Baycott to that team is just unfair. Um, I, I they only lost really Caleb Love, and they got that they got their I forget that guard's name, but he's back there. Um, that's a team that definitely UNC. Run. Yeah, who's UNC's guard RJ again? Davis. RJ Davis. Yeah, he's back there. Um, they're all back. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're all back. Caleb loves not though, right? Caleb is. Caleb's back. I'm pretty oh, sure. Wow. Yeah, is he not? I'm pretty sure he is. I don't know why I thought he was gone. No, I think he was like gonna declare. Um, no, he's still there. Yeah, they're all there. Oh. Well, then, yeah. There's no reason that team can't go back. Um, I think the key was keeping Baycott, and they did that. Um, so they're obviously going to make a huge run this year. Yeah, they're nasty. They should definitely yeah, go far. These older teams always seem to do well in the tournaments, and it's going to be their second full season with Hubert Davis, so I think they can honestly only get better if that's possible. Yeah, it's good to see. There was that like five- to ten-year run in March Madness, or NCA in general, where there was all those like Kentuckys and Dukes had like five freshmen, and they just had all the talent. Now, with, like, the transfer portal and, like, the different routes you can go out of high school, it seems like a lot of the top teams have been guys who are experienced and have been in the system or transfer portal. But another team that uh, I was watching that really, really caught my eye this weekend, I watched them tonight, is uh, Michigan. Um, their, their freshman jet has been balling. Hunter Dickinson can now shoot the ball, and he's a monster down low, and – They've got shooters everywhere. Um, I like Howard as a coach. I think they are definitely a threat in the Big Ten and maybe even to the whole country. Jack, just to touch on that point you made earlier, I think the NIL NIL stuff going on in college basketball is going to help the game so much. I mean, guys like Baycott and Caleb Love, I thought Caleb Love was going to the NBA draft, but he's obviously making a ton on the NIL. So you're going to have a lot of these athletes going forward that are just going to stay longer instead of these one and dones that we used to have, which is only going to make the game that much more competitive. Hundred percent, well said. Baycott's literally going to be in um, I forget what show. Uh, oh, Outer Banks. Like these guys are making the bag. See, actually, that's pretty funny. Yeah, he's um, I forget when or like how many episodes, but he is in Outer Banks. I know that. Sarah Cameron and uh, fucking Sarah Cameron Armando Baycott, Mario Baycock, bro. Like that. Um, all right, so that's cool. Let's go to tomorrow. Switch sports up. Big Thursday night game. We got a Packers fan in here. Matt, what are your thoughts on tomorrow? Packers Titans. Um, I'm excited. I was like talking to Jack about this game before we were on the podcast, and uh, I was talking about the problem is that when Bale's been saying it all year, the Packers run defense is just so suspect. And with all the injuries they've had now, it's a it's gonna be a snowy game. I think I shouldn't. I think the weather is uh, calling for some snow. So, if the Packers can somehow contain that Derrick Henry run game, 
I think they should be in good shape considering all the momentum they had last week, bringing it over from uh, Dallas. But I mean, look, the Packers also have a great run game also with Dylan and Jones. So, I mean, I'm thinking the Packers can take care of business tomorrow in Lambeau, but it really all depends if they can at least contain, not even stop, but just contain that Titans run game. So, I mean, I don't know. I think the Packers should get it done tomorrow as long as their run game, I mean, as long as defense can stop Derrick Henry. Saw that one coming. What do we, what do we think others? Yeah. I, I like, re- go, go ahead. Go, Jack. Sorry. You got it. No, you got it. You got it. I, I just think this game is so interesting because it's, it's just crazy how the Titans year in year out are just like a doubted team. And like, I've been one of those guys to just not understand how the Titans just continue to get wins. They're so well coached. They, I mean, extremely well coached. Rabel, it just shows you, like, Rabel's amazing. I think the Titans have actually covered seven straight games, which is wild. And they're an under, underdog in Lambeau. After, I guess, yeah, the Packers no, they beat the Cowboys. But, I mean, have we really seen enough to put the Packers as a favorite against the Titans? I mean, I don't know. It, this is a game I'd probably just stay away from, but if I were to take it, maybe you roll with the hot Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, whoever scores first is going to win if the Titans, you know, get up early. And I think that's going to be that. They can just run the clock with Derrick Henry. But on the flip side, their passing game's just not been there. So if they have to play from behind, then I, I that obviously doesn't play to their favor. But, I mean, I feel like Packers three and a half or three at home – that's like is pretty much close to a pick them as you can get. They're only favorited because it's at Lambeau. But I mean, I've Packers are hot, so it's a tough one. I, I, I don't know why we're Packers. saying the Packers are hot because they've lost five of their last six. But um, I mean, one win for the Packers this year is basically a Super Bowl. I think the Titans ground game just bullies the Packers. Um, and and I got I got Titans winning this one big. Yeah, I mean, to Jack's point, Green Bay's one weakness. All I mean, they've had a lot of weaknesses, but defensively, they haven't stopped the run. So I think, like, going back to Zonicky's point, like, if the Packers win this game, they're going to have to stop the run. Um, I'm, like I said, I don't think the Packers should probably be the favorite in this game. I think it, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. That's what I was going to say. I don't, I don't think it really is a favor. I think having the snow game is, is honestly, like, probably a <laughs> definitely a favor for the Titans. Side. I mean, Henry's literally unstoppable, so – it's a he's sketchy been, line, but Vrabel, Vrabel's been on those Belichick coach teams and in that system. And the one thing Belichick always does is he makes you beat them in in the ways that you don't want to play. And he takes away your number one option, um, whether that be a, a stud receiver like Justin Jefferson, he'll double team him, take him out of the game, make someone else beat you. The Titans are going to make the Packers throw the ball which would seem crazy because you have Aaron Rodgers, but with the weapons they have and how they've been playing through the air this season, they're going to make Rodgers beat them, and Rodgers hasn't beaten shit this year. What do you think, Ginge? What do you think What do you think of that game? Uh, first of all, I just wanted to clarify, it's not going to snow tomorrow. Um, second of all, really? They're all I think it's not going to snow. And it's really think, cold then. It's not going to snow. So the Titans, I think, are going to get in there, and I think they're going to. I think Henry's going to feast. Um, you know, Packers are at home. I think that helps them out a little bit, but they do not have the talent to beat these Titans. I think if they win, it'd be a very surprising win. Um, but Kirsten Watson has looked great. He looked great last week, so maybe he gets something going for them. But this screams Tennessee, in my opinion. Screams the block of the week, Virginia yells. 
exclaims. There you go. Whatever you want to say, this is all Tennessee. You agree with me? Yeah, I mean, I think if, and there's a big if, the Packers are going to win. They just need to establish the run. Simple. They need 30-plus touches for their running backs. And I I said I think they're going to win, and I honestly think they can get it done. They just got to run the ball. They got to run the ball, but A.J. Dillon can't run. Aaron Jones looked great, but we'll see. We'll see if they can get it going. Any other thoughts before we move on? No, sir. No. All right. Should be a good game. All right, so let's move into our next segment that we're going to start today, and we're going to do it every week, every podcast going forward. We are each going to have a slate of three games, and we're going to keep track and see how well we do, how poorly we do with these slates. All of our slates have to include one game from tomorrow or Sunday night's game. I think we talked about Sunday night's game. Um, and then the other two can just be any game. It doesn't matter. So Sunday night game this week is Chiefs Chargers. I'm going to go through every game right now in the NFL schedule, and I'm going to say the spread. And we're all going to talk about our Sunday night pick, and then we'll go around to a round robin for the other two. So let's actually just do the spread for the Chiefs and Chargers. So that spread is Chiefs minus five and a half in L.A., Chiefs versus Chargers. Who wants to go first? And you don't need to explain too much, but just make your pick and briefly explain. I'm kind of borderline here. I know that, you know, the Chargers are – they might be getting their three-man pass catchers back, but I don't know. The Chiefs have looked so dominant. They're unbelievable, as always, but – I, I'm going to take the Chiefs regardless, but I think it'll be closer if Mike Williams and or Keenan Allen and or Gerald Everett can suit up. Who's home that game? The Chargers are home. Chargers are home. I, I think – I wish we could record this later because I think it really depends on the Chargers' health. But with the line right now, I feel like you gotta, you got to take the points at home, like home underdogs like that and kind of have to take them. But – it kind of screams Chiefs blowout, honestly. But I'll, I'll take Chargers getting the points. I'm Chiefs. Chiefs by touchdown. Give me Chargers with the points. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. Okay. So I'm going to name all the spreads right now, including tomorrow's game. And you got. we'll go around and say our two picks. So – Titans Packers is Packers minus three. Bear, and that's in Green Bay. I'm going to say the away team first. Bears Falcons, Falcons minus three. Panthers Ravens, Ravens minus 13. Browns Bills, Bills minus eight. Commanders Texans, Commanders minus three. Eagles Colts, Eagles minus seven. Jets Pats, Pats minus three. Rams Saints, Saints minus three and a half. Lions Giants. Giants minus three, Raiders Broncos, Broncos minus two and a half, um, Cowboys Vikings, Cowboys minus one and a half, and then Bengals Steelers, Bengals minus three and a half. And then Monday's game is 49ers Cardinals, 49ers minus eight. Brandon, I'll have you go first. So my two games, not including the Sunday night game, obviously are going to be, I'm taking the Browns to cover against the Bills. That game's supposed to be, the biggest blizzard of the century. Like they said, I think like four to six feet of snow, which is crazy to me. I don't really think anyone's going to be able to move the ball. And the Bills, they simply don't have a run game. Like it's 
pathetic. So I'm taking the Browns to cover there. And then I'm also going with the Ravens. I think it's, you said it was 13. I think this is a statement game for them. Uh, they lost uh, Bateman for the year, but I think Mark Andrews is going to play. And I think that they're just going to pull it out and like destroy them. Can I double up on his take with the Ravens? Am I, am I able to do that? Yes. Because I think the Ravens come off the bye week. Um, I mean, I think Baker Mayfield starting that game because I think P.J. Walker might be hurt. So, I mean, the Ravens have seen Baker many times because that division. Um, and the Ravens coming off the bye. I mean, I think the Ravens come out and win by, like, maybe even three touchdowns. I think it's 13, you said, right? 13 and a half, 13? 13. Um, yeah. I think Ravens go out there and blow them out after the bye week. They should look really good. Lamar should have a really big game. Um, and like I said, I mean, Baker's fucking sucks. So they, the defense has been looking really good for the Ravens. Um, no PJ Walker, who's not great, but better than Baker. Um, coming off a bye week, I think Ravens should roll. And then we just, another game, you said, another game. Um, I'll go with Packers tomorrow, minus three. Pack at home against Titans, surprising. But uh, yeah, Green Bay, minus three at home. I think all that momentum carries over from the Cowboys. I think that Rodgers has a game. Dylan and Jones should step up. Um, and, yeah, Christian Watson will carry over his uh, his little hot trick he has going for one game, and Packers get it done. All right, I'll go next. A very predictable from Zlot, the biggest favorite in Green Bay. I'll go um, – I love Dallas this week. Um, point – their favorite on the road. Vikings are due for a loss. They've been on their high horse. Dallas kind of needs a win being third place in the NFC – East, I think that line is that way for a reason. Hate to take it, but I like the Cowboys. Another game, I like the Texans getting three points at home against the Commanders. Um, I think they're another team that's kind of due for something to go right. Um, the Commanders are coming off an emotional high, what seemed like a Super Bowl victory for them the other night. I think the Texans finally get it done at home. So I got Texans plus three. Cowboys minus one and a half. Yeah, I mean, that would sum up the commander's season, beating the best team in the league and then losing to a team that should probably be in the CFL, if that. Yeah, I was looking at that line also, and that line I think opened up at two, and then after that Eagles win, it jumped all the way up to four or something. Is it three and a half or four now? Three and a half. Three okay, and I'll half. take three. I said three. I'll take well, three I think it's, I think it's three, actually. Never mind. It's three. It's three now. Uh, yeah, it's three. I was gonna. Jack would love the hook, but I mean, I kind of agree with that pick. I'm not gonna take it, but I'm gonna double down on Jack's pick with the Cowboys. I talked about this on the last pod. Um, the Vikings, I think they've had like five comeback wins this year, so like they've been just a very clutch and quote. I mean, you can call them lucky in a way. Um, I like the Vikings a lot, but I think Dallas, when it comes down to it, the defensively, they're a very, very, very solid team. And that offense is just a few gaps away from really having their big explosive game. And I think this is a get-right game for them. And like Jack said, Vegas isn't hanging a favorite on the road against a red-hot Vikings team for no reason. So I'm going to take Dallas there. And then the second game I'm going to take, I think it's pretty straightforward to me. Belichick owns the Jets and owns Zach Wilson. I'm going to take the Pats minus three. Um, Zach Wilson has never had any success against that team. And... I think it's also one of those things where I can't figure out why the Jets are winning. Um, I think Bill Belichick has the answers. So I'm going to take the Pats minus three. Are they home that game also, the Patriots? 
Yeah, they are. Yeah, I love that too. I think that you know, there's no reason. It's just Belichick against the Jets. That's all the reason is. Yeah, so I'll go with those two picks. I'll go with the Cowboys minus one, and then the the not the Chiefs, the Patriots minus three. Nice. Um. Okay. I like the Bears plus three against the Falcons. I think both teams are going to run, and I think one is better than the other when it comes to running the football. Uh, Justin Fields has been dominant, and I just think they figure out a way to win against Atlanta. I think it's pretty simple enough. And then the next pick is the Raiders on the road against the Broncos. It's the battle of the two most mid-teams in the NFL. They're both miserable to watch. I just think the talent on the Raiders, especially because the Broncos will probably not have Jerry Judy this week, or KJ Hamler. Um, I think the town of the Raiders is enough to get a dub, a much needed dub at this point. Um, but yeah, those are my two picks. So might, that game might be a three-three tie. That is the two worst teams in the NFL. It's gonna be a miserable game to watch. Raiders are Raiders are two and a half point underdogs. Yes. You just yeah. can't watch that game this Sunday. You just want to watch that football game. Yeah, exactly. I'll take loser of that game, their coach is done. It's not a hot take. I actually I actually saw a tweet today. Uh one of my boys sent it to me. He said that the tweet said that they can't fire McDaniels because of financial obligations, the Raiders. Like they just can't afford to get rid of him. So apparently he's kind of like locked in for two years. Well, that's why they keep supporting him. If you see that, they're like, I think Mark Davis was like, Yeah, McDaniels has done a great job. It's like yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't I, I think it's it must be a money thing because a great job at what? Josh McDaniels is the biggest fraud of a head coach that there's ever been. I mean, they had they had it one they tried it once, it didn't work, so he went back to the Patriots, and now he's tried it again and he's had another epic failure. So I mean, both those teams are I mean Jeff Saturday's had crazy thing. expectations and have just been completely atrocious. I'm so surprised about the Raiders. I still can't believe it. I mean, that offense had so much potential. And I think they still do if fully healthy, but like they're miserable. They don't look like they're a cohesive unit at all. We have so a we weird. have a we have a friend actually, it's not in the podcast, that uh was very high on the Raiders before the season had a lot of futures on them. Shout out Spencer Friedman. All right, so let's move on to our next segment. Um, I have some trivia questions for you guys. We don't really do this a lot, but I figured why not? And we'll see who can get them right the quickest. Okay, the first question is, what city did the Redskins play in before they moved to D.C.? Was it Indianapolis? It was not Indianapolis. No, no, that's that's, the Ravens. That's That's the Ravens. Landover? That's what we point out, technically. I have no idea. I hope that answers a joke. <laughs> what city do they play in? Like the stadium, you're saying? Where are they from? Oh, this is pathetic. Where they I have no idea. Boston. Like where their old stadium used to be in, like, D.C. Boston? Boston. They were from Boston. They should have stayed there. <laughs> for real, they can take them back. <laughs> we can swap with the Patriots. How question. did you pull that, Brandon? I, that's a great question, Jim. Me? Who pulled that? Nobody. No one just said the answer. I just said oh, it. oh, I thought <laughs> it sounded like it sounded like my fault. No, no one did that. All right, next question. This was pretty – I think this is pretty easy. That was hard. Who has thrown the most interceptions in NFL history? Brett Favre, isn't it? Matt Ryan. Yes, Peyton Manning. It's Brett Favre. Good job, Freeman. I know this, bro. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. Which team won the first Super Bowl 
Slide and Balo, now that I have you both on the podcast, I won't ask this again. Can I just have one lock that you guys are confident in? Go ahead first, Balo. I mean, I've hit three straight five-unit plays. I've got another one tonight, but the podcast won't be out by then. Um, I gave you a lock. I think go with the Cowboys this weekend. I like them a lot on the money line. Is it for Sunday? Is this for just any time? I think he just wants a lock. I think he's down bad about it, to be honest. Any lock. Any lock. The Edmonton Oilers playing tonight against – let's see. He's not going to see that by now. He won't see this in time. I'll, 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 I'll call him and I'll tell him. about three hours. I'll call him and I'll tell him. It's, it's a half an hour. But uh, 9.30, uh, Edmonton Oilers against the Kings at home tonight. That's it's, the lock. At 9.30, the game I mean, starts at 10. It's minutes. 9.30 now. It's, 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 it's at 10. It's at 10. Well – Maybe give him a pick that he'll actually be able to take. Then go with Green Bay tomorrow and don't look back. <laughs> oh all right, I'll just God. tell him your pick. That's all good. Who right. would have guessed that one? Just go with Green Bay and don't look back. <laughs> the next question, there's two more questions left, one for Matt and one for Jack. Matt, this one's asked by Daniel Dorsey. Will Aaron Rodgers ever get a decent haircut? I kind of like his haircut now, to be honest. So uh, I think it's pretty decent right now, to be honest with you. I might get it myself in a few days. Thanksgiving, show my family my new haircut, but uh, I like it. Gotcha. Last they're question. Calling, they're calling Rogers' haircut the school shooter 3000. <laughs> all right. I love that. Um, all right. The last question is for Jack. It was asked by Dan Canestrachi again. Jack, what fireworks did you buy for when the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Well, there's a there's a big stash uh, we have in the basement right now, um, ready to take off. There was a bit of a bump in the road Monday night, but we'll let them off for the Eagles Super Bowl and the Tar Heels National Championship. He did throw in a tar at the end. Got to bring back the cannon. <laughs> All right, those were great questions. Thank you all for submitting those. To wrap this podcast up, let's do some hot takes. Um, if we all remember our hot takes, we can just say them before we state our new one. If you don't remember, it's all good. But let's try to keep track of these going forward. Um, I'll let one of you start. I got one. I don't think Carson Wentz ever starts another NFL game in his career. He's he's done, period. All right, this is a hot take. I think the Cowboys finally get a playoff win this year, winning one or two games. However... It will not be with Dak Prescott. I think he continues to struggle, and whether that be by injury or something, Cooper Rush comes back on the field and wins him a playoff game. Nice. All right. My hot take was uh, last week was the Bills losing the first round. I stand by that. And I think my new hot take is going to be that the Wizards will win a playoff series. Fuck you, Harry. My hot take is going to be one that I don't love, but I actually think this is probably going to happen. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to win the AFC East. Um, I just love Tua Tagovailoa, and that offense literally doesn't seem to have any weaknesses. If they can get that defense coming around in that secondary, um, Bradley Chubb's just there. I mean, they got a lot of pieces to make a lot of noise. And when you look at the Buffalo Bills, they were my pick to win the Super Bowl. They need to establish some sort of run game. It can't fall all on Josh Allen. Josh Allen is amazing, and we all know that, but you need to be two-dimensional on offense. 
And if they can only throw the rock and can't run the ball, I'm not sure they can get a, get wins moving forward. But I'm going to take the Dolphins to come out of the AFC East now. All right, I'm going to go with – I mean, look, I, I thought of it, and then I was like, this might be a little bit too hot, but whatever. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts still winning the division against Titans and all those other guys they have going on there. But I'm looking at the schedule right now. It's the Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers. I mean, it's pretty hot, but I think Jeff Saturday is to get Valley the boys together and uh, come out with a division win for the Colts. Nice. Um, to close this episode off, I have a debate that I think will – Spark some conversation. Who do we think is better between Tua and Herbert? And I want all, all facts, everything. What do we? What do we think? I mean, we were having this discussion earlier. I think it's a lot closer than you guys think. I mean, you probably give the edge to Herbert still, but I mean, Tua is making a ton of cases for himself and. The fact that there's so many people that don't want to recognize that he has a case over him is kind of crazy. I mean, he he really hasn't given any reason this entire year to not be considered a top quarterback in the league. I don't really think anyone's like arguing that it's not close. Like yeah, we, saw, we all saw it. Like he's fourth or fifth in MVP odds. It's just you know, obviously this year he has a lot more help, and Herbert's receivers are banged up. And you know, Herbert started off his career with Mike Will and Keenan Allen. So it's definitely very close. But I still think that, you know, if you take both of them and put them on a team like the Packers who have very few weapons, I think like Herbert just is flat out better in that scenario. But That's I do great. agree it's very I agree. much closer. I'm starting to agree with Balo. I mean, like we talk about weapons, but you can only say what if for so long. Two is, two is getting it done. You guys are biased because his brother is the quarterback from Maryland. I could give two shits about Talia. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, though. You look at what Tua has got. Whoa, whoa, chill, bro. You look at what Tua has got right now, and he has – I I think Mike McDaniel is one of the best young coaches in football. They've got a great running game. They have two of the most explosive receivers in football. Don't get me wrong. I think Tua is a good, a good player, but I think Justin Herbert's still an elite talent, without a doubt a top-five talent in this league. Um. I don't think you saw last year when Tua only had Waddle. He uh, wasn't anything to mm, spark conversations about. Um, I just think, you know, Herbert, with the, he's got a bigger arm, more mobile. I mean, he can do it all. I don't think it's that close. I think if Herbert's on the Dolphins right now, they're probably undefeated. It's like it's diff- they're, they're very different quarterbacks, and that's why it's hard to, it's hard to compare the two, like, there's no doubt Herbert's better outside the pocket, but I think the way McDaniel has schemed this offense, he's making Tua throw passes quickly. He's getting the ball out of his hands right away, and when he's not, he's got three down the field and he's hitting him. I mean, there's really just been no nothing to jump out to say that he's not in that conversation at this point. Last year, I'd say it was night and day. All right, good conversation all around. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week.